Warning, this podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. We on that haunted ground. The three spooked girls. Hey, spooksters, and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Jessica, and as always, I'm joined by my favorite ghoul friend, Tara. Hey, spooksters. This week, we are doing something a little different. We haven't done something like this in a long time where we like. I don't know, kind of pick top. Well, I guess the, we kind of did it with like the Japanese bathroom ghosts. Yeah. I mean, same format. this, this kind of happens as we get into spooky season too. So. It's true. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about, if you didn't notice from the title when you clicked on to listen, we are going to be talking about the kind of like creepy or kind of more gory versions or origins of nursery rhymes. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited for that. Yes. But before we do that, if you are new, welcome. We appreciate you stopping by and we hope you stay for a while. If you're wanting to hang out with us on socials, you can do so. Our at is at Three Spooked Girls and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Also, we have a really amazing Facebook group. It's Three Spooked Girls Official. Head over there. Make sure that when you're filling it out, you hit the I agree button because otherwise you might sit around for a while. Or get declined because... Or get declined. It is what it is. You have one little box. One little box. Just do it. We used to, no, like we used to have like several boxes. And then Tara and I were like, that seems like a lot. Like all they have to do is click agree and Mm -hmm. that's it. Mm -hmm. So, and I get it sometimes if you like click on it, but then you don't, it does, I don't know, sometimes it doesn't go in. So just make sure that if you want to join the group and you click the button and it doesn't say something like, do you agree to these terms? Make sure you follow up. Let us know. Maybe send a DM. No, don't send no DMs. It's just that click the answer questions and then you click the box and then you're done. Yeah, and that way we can make sure you definitely get in there. It's easy. Don't make it harder, Jessica. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. If you want to help support the show, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com backslash three spooked girls or hit the link tree in the show notes. And for little as a dollar, you get bonus episode each month. From that tier up, you get more. Now at our $5 level, several videos that come out. It's We've got some really fun things going on in real time, like Tara and I recording. We've already recorded the new Slaughters format, and Tara's done something that is going to be quite amazing on the editing side of it, so I'm very excited about it. Yes. You guys will love it. So definitely check that out. Before we head off to our promo break, just make sure that if you want to go to our third Potterversary live show, that is this coming Friday, September 17th. Friday, Friday, Friday. <laughs> <laughs> And we want you guys to be there. It's $13 all access. It's going to be a blast. We're going to have a good time. Yeah. Who knows? We are keeping everything pretty much under wraps. So it's like secret, secret. 
yes, yes, you have to come. And if you would right. like to buy a ticket but can't come, George is in here. So if you guys hear him, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if you would like to get a ticket but you can't make it, I am doing it like last time where the recording of it will be available for you all as well. Mm-hmm. So there is also that. Yeah, so it's going to be really exciting. We look forward to that. We're going to take a quick promo break and we will be right back. Hi, true crime recruits. I am Margot, host of Military Murder, a show where I have combined my love for the military and my love for true crime to bring you military true crime cases. It's like true crime, but instead of crimes committed by Joe Schmo, the cases I cover are committed by private Joe Schmo or veteran Joe Schmo. But don't worry, you don't have to know anything about the military to listen. You just have to be a true crime enthusiast. On the show, I've covered the gruesome 1993 love triangle that led to a soldier's decapitation, the infamous 2007 case of an astronaut who drove cross-country, allegedly in a diaper, to confront her romantic rival, and most recently, I covered serial killer BTK, who is an Air Force veteran. I hope that you'll join me and my true crime army every Monday as I navigate these military true crimes. You can find Military Murder everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Now go on, go subscribe and listen right now. Okay, well, welcome back from that promo break. We hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to now turn it over to Tara, and she's going to talk about her first nursery rhyme. What's it about? Yes, I'm excited, but I have to I have to say something first. We fucking failed. We should have done the Muffin Man as one of them. Because that's like <gasps> the Muffin Man. serial killer or some shit, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. We should just do a whole episode on that. I mean, yeah, I'm down. But anyway, I was, when I was researching, if it popped up and I was like, how the fuck do we forget that? Okay. So my first one is Mary Mary Quite Contrary. I hate that word, but it's fine. I just can't say it right. I don't know. I just can't. And it says the most modern, common version, what have you, is Mary Mary Quite Contrary. How does your garden grow? With silver bells and cockle shells and pretty maids all in a row. This is said to solely be based on Bloody Mary or Mary of England, like the first, Mary the first of England. I don't know how to fucking say it. I'm dumb. It's okay. But basically, to kind of break this down, so because she tortured and killed so many people, the silver bells were said to be thumbscrews. Eek. I know. I'm like, what What are thumbscrews? Like, are they special ones to make sure they really go through you? I think it's like a whole device. Like, I think it's like a little thing that uh, you put on and then like you can actually like screw it slowly. <gasps> if you go to medieval times <laughs> in the restaurant, sometimes they have a medieval weapons display. And I think thumbscrews are part of that. Okay. Yeah, we went to one a couple years ago and we lived in Georgia. It was fun. I liked it. It's, it's a good time. Yeah, it's it is. And they got like a you get like a crap ton of huge food and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like And you get to see really cheesy jousting. It's great. Yes. It's it's a it's a good time. Do it at least once yeah. if you're near one. Totally. For sure. Okay. So the cockle shells are believed to be instruments of torture that were attached to male genitals. Yes. The men's peens and other things. <laughs> so a cockle shell is really a cock old shell. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not yeah. just like a, I don't know, I thought it was like a cute little shell that like, I don't know, <laughs> they broke apart and put in gardens, like, you know, instead of like mulch or something. Yeah. I mean, that's what rich yeah. people do is they put like rocks other and stuff. stuff. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's what it is. And no, it's apparently, it's a right? peen device. I mean, I mean, it. It could be both. Who knows? Maybe they're just like trying to be sly about it. Could you just see Queen Mary like after she's like 
ordered all this torture of these men with their peens and then just like, I would like to order a ton of cockle shells for my garden. Please, I'd like to break them up. Yes, thank you. Uh, oh my God. Uh, fucking funny. Uh I was just laughing because also, too, when I was reading about that, some articles didn't want to say it was for the peen. They were just like, torture devices for males. I was like, okay. (laughs) You're like, "Mm, yeah, there's one thing that's definitely different. (laughs) Right. Oh, my God. I was fucking dying. It was funny. Okay. So now we hear there'll be like a couple different explanations for maids. So one of the options is these were guillotines and her garden was the graveyards with all of the all of her victims but now to kind of on the flip side for uh her kind of more shade to her the line how does your garden grow it's said to essentially it's a jab for her to unable to have children i like which is not nice there's like a theme with these nursery rhymes they're like for kids but they're also to be like really mean this was like diss tracks before there were diss tracks It's like the original. Oh my god! You're like right. people out you're there right. who are like on TikTok, like I'm doing distracts. It's like no, no, bitches. Like they did distracts, <laughs> and then we all learned them in preschool. <laughs> right? Fuck. And then also, if you go back to the line, "Pretty maids all in a row." This is talking about her miscarriages she had, oh. or the dead bodies from you know all of her victims. Because right. like. She, like, if you all don't know about her, she killed so many people in only five years, like hundreds and hundreds of people. It's ridiculous. She was if not more. Very anti-Protestant because she was extremely Catholic. Yes. 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 But that is my first nursery rhyme for us. That one makes me want to watch the movie Elizabeth. I don't know if you've seen it with oh, Kate Blanchett. I have not. Right? Kate Blanchett. I'm going to go with it. Is it her? If not, I'm, I'm wrong and I'll move on in life. Okay, so my first nursery rhyme is Jack and Jill, which was published in 19... Or not 1965, no, that's wrong. 1765 by John Newbery. And it was part of the Mother Goose, Mother Goose's Melody. And basically Jack and Jill existed. The term existed earlier in English because this is an English poem in England. And it basically was like a generic girl-boy pair. And it came from like Shakespearean times where like the quote I have is from the 1590s, which is every Jack shall or must have a Jill. And this was like mm. when a man played, like there had to be like a man and a woman in his play. Every Jack mm-hmm. must have a Jill. And actually the first rendition of this was the first stanzas, the, the first little bit of it. And it was it was actually not Jack and Jill. It was Jack and Gill with a oh, G. Oh, okay. So Jack and Gill went up a hill to fetch a pail of water. Jack fell down and broke his crown and Gill came tumbling after. Then two more like little stanzas or clusters, I don't know what they're called, were added. It would switch it from Gill to Jill in this rendition. So it wasn't very long after. And then it, so it goes after Jill comes tumbling after. Up Jack got and home did trot as fast as he could caper. Went to bed to mend his head with vinegar and brown paper. Which, by the way, was like how they treated head injuries back in this time. Oh, fuck. Right, so it was like very (laughs) educational. Like, if you hit your head, go home, get some brown paper, whatever the fuck brown paper is, and (laughs) soak it in vinegar and put it on your head. You're going to be stinky, but (laughs) you're going to be fine. I just imagine somebody getting like a brown paper bag, like a grocery one, (laughs) just like dunking it, like rolling it to fit their head and then dunking it and then just putting it on. (laughs) I also think of like the packaging, like when you get just like the brown paper in your boxes just like a ton of that (laughs) just wrap it around (laughs) right like do like towel style (laughs) yeah oh man so then the next cluster goes jill came in 
and she did grin to see his paper plaster. Mother Vexed did whip her next for causing Jack's disaster. And this was done in like a like an A-A-B-C-C-B kind of rhythmic. Mm-hmm. And it was set to kind of be more of like a chorus versus like an actual like verse rhyme. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was a Jack and Jill and Old Dame Gill. It was published a few years later and it had a lot more stand, like it had a lot more info in it and different stories. It had 15 stanzas instead of the six in the, the original. And then in the United States, it became part of our American culture by someone by the name of Fanny E. Lacey. They rewrote it so that it would be the actual Jack and Jill that we know now, which is just the Jack and Jill went up a hill, that one. Now, when Lacey wrote it, it was really more about social climbing versus anything else. Like, don't try to go. And there was actually a line that was at, there was a line added in kind of like an adaptation of it that said, by this, we shall see that folks should be content within their station and never try to look so high above their situation. Really, it was like, don't try to get, be like, stay where you're at. I'm like, that's kind of fucked up. Mm-hmm. That's not the American Stay in dream. your lane. And I also got really excited because this has a Norris background and, you know, I'm fucking Viking. Mm, yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yes. So there is a story that involves the moon and basically the moon or Mani or Manny, I don't know if I'm saying this right, steals two children by the name of Juki and Bill and he steals them from Earth at night. Basically, the story says that the two children go out at night by themselves and that they are kidnapped and it's to warn off those who those children from going out at night by themselves. And so it was kind of told as like a cautionary tale. Like if you don't want the fucking moon mm-hmm. to steal you, don't go out at night mm-hmm. without a parent. Makes sense because, like, if we're talking, like, Viking time, like, actual Norris, like, ruling the world time, the world was very dangerous, like, outside of their own little bubble. So don't do that because, yeah. So later on, it would be once Jack and Jill kind of became popular, then those would replace the names that were in the the Norris Mm -hmm. poem. Now, there's a very popular opinion about what this what this really means and it is that it is the origin story is that king louis the 16th and marie antoinette this is the story about them that in real life king louis was beheaded and he literally lost his crown and then marie was beheaded after him and the tumbling mm-hmm. after part issue is mm-hmm. this poem was written 30 years prior to their execution <laughs> i mean what if someone was just like had a premonition or something and they're just like this is coming <laughs> so like i think marie antoinette <laughs> was only like in her 30s they're like this baby <sighs> from <laughs> austria who we don't know is going to marry the the king of france one day no i think i think it just applied i think people were like oh mm-hmm. this rhyme that they say over in england fits perfectly with our situation let's just yeah we do totally. that we adopt oh, yeah. it to things there's also another thought that it has to do with king charles the first when he tried to reform taxes on liquid measures and that parliament rejected it and that basically instead he wanted to reduce half courts and pints which were also known as jack and gills so that would kind of like go with the actual poem so that is my first one and hand it back over to you to do your next one there's just gonna be a lot of like royalty ties to a lot of these i feel i mean it makes sense because of like when they were written and stuff but like i was like all right all right it's like political cartoons before political cartoons (laughs) Yeah, this is true. This is true. 
So my next one is Three Blind Mice, and the modern version is Three Blind Mice, Three Blind Mice, See How They Run, See How They Run. They all ran after the farmer's wife who cut off their tails with a carving knife. Did you ever see such a sight in your life as Three Blind Mice? This is involving Bloody Mary or, you know, Mary the First again. So the people in question more specifically was three men. They were all Protestant bishops. We have Hugh Latimer or Let Latimer. I don't fucking know. Nicholas Radley and actually the Archbishop of Canterbury, Thomas Cranmer, who they tried to overthrow her, but they were burned at the stake for hearsay. And they people suggest that the blindness referred to, you know, the three blind mice refers to their religious beliefs. And the farmer's wife is said to be referencing Queen Mary. And a bonus little fun fact with that one is apparently as late as 1941, this and a hundred other common nursery rhymes were like super condemned. And this also included Humpty Dumpty, of course, Three Blind Mice. And the reason was for harboring unsavory elements. And they had a long list of sins that were in this. And it included referencing poverty, scorning prayer, ridiculing the blind, and 21 cases of death, which included choking, decapitation, hanging, devouring, shriveling, and squeezing. (laughs) And there's more. (laughs) And there's more. I'm sorry. I'm over here like, this is the problems they're having with it? Okay. Okay, guys. And also, 12 cases of tormenting animals, one case each of consuming human flesh, body snatching, and, quote, the desire to have one's own limbs severed. I don't know what one that is. The severing thing. Well, I mean, she cut off their tails with a carving knife. Oh, I guess. But I thought that'd fall under the animal part. But maybe that's just me. But yeah, I just it's crazy to me like that, like through the 40s. Like that's pretty recent. Yeah, but I feel like a lot of shit like happened because I think when we talked about like the whole like Princess Diana one, we kind of talked about how like there were like all of a sudden they were doing like massive changes. And I think it's like it's kind of like when there's been this kind of thing with some states where like they sit down and they look through their laws and go, okay, well, this one doesn't make any sense. Like, why the fuck are we, you know, why is there a law on the books that says like, you know, you can't a woman can't drive a car unless her husband walks in front of it. Like, that's not mm-hmm. productive. We should probably take that off right. the books, you know. Right, exactly. Probably the exactly. same thing. They probably went back and were like, oh, shit, no, uh, we need to get rid of this. Yeah, no kidding, right? But yeah, that's our uh, three blind mice. So those first two of mine kind of just went hand in hand. They were both. Yes. Well, my first two don't go hand in hand. But I'm very excited <laughs> about my next one. My next one is London Bridges Falling Down. And this is kind of like a tame one because it doesn't really have like that much of a gruesome background as much as it has like more of a historical. So basically, the London Bridge was falling down. It was very informative. And it actually has one of the most recognized tunes to it. People can pick that out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So the rhyme goes, London Bridge is falling down, falling down, falling down. London Bridge is falling down, my fair lady. Build it up with iron bars, iron bars, iron bars. Build it up with iron bars, my fair lady. Iron bars will bend and break, bend and break, bend and break. Iron bars will bend and break, my fair lady. Build it up with gold and silver, gold and silver, gold and silver. Build it up with gold and silver, my fair lady. London Bridge is falling down, falling down, falling down. London Bridge is falling down, my fair lady. That's kind of like the one that we really know. But here's the thing. Am I just like on crack What I'm thinking there was like part of the game that you played where you would capture the person and then you would say like take the key and lock and you would say like the gender. So if like you were in the 
basically the game is played where you put your hands, two people put their hands together up. Mm -hmm. And then once you get to my fair lady, you capture them. And then you like shake them back and forth saying, take the key and lock her up. And then like, I think they're trying to break free. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't find that fucking anywhere. I was like, am I on crack? Was that a Northern oh. California thing? Is that just something we played at home? Right. I don't know. Did anybody else play that? Please let us know. <laughs> so there is an original version of this poem. And because that was the most modern one. I just I'm not gonna read the whole thing, but I have to read the first little stanza. And then because it says nimbly. <laughs> Nambly Pambly is no clown. London Bridge is breaking down. Now he co- now he courts the gay lady dancing over Lady Lee. It's the main... It- what the fuck? I have never heard <laughs> that. I was like, what the fuck? And then like later on it, it's like, London Bridge is breaking down. Dance over Lady Lee. London Bridge is Lady Down. Yeah, it's just such a weird, like the original poem of this. I'm so glad they were like, you know what? We're not getting anywhere with this. We should change it. <laughs> So their whole purpose was to raise money. However, there is a poem that was written way back in 1014. And again, I guess this has a theme because it has to do with my Vikingness again. A Viking leader by the name of Olaf II, not the fluffy little one from Frozen, the mean one who destroyed people. <laughs> there was a poem that came out in like the 1800s or was translated and it had to do with the saga. And it says, London Bridge is broken down. Gold is won and brought renown. Shields resounding, war horn sounding. Hild is shouting in the den. Arrows singing, mail coat ringing. Odin makes our Olaf win. Power to my people. So basically, they were trying to raise money. And at one point in 1633, there was a major fire on the bridge. And so it burned down. There was another fire in 1666, which is a really bad luck bridge. So basically, they opened the new London Bridge. They basically like fixed it up and they kept doing that. But they opened the new bridge in 1833. And if you would like to visit the original London Bridge, you can by going to Lake Havasas City, Arizona. Oh, wow. Okay. Some rich guy was like, I'd like to have the bridge, please. And they were like, here's the fucking bridge. Sounds right. (laughs) Right? Okay. This also has to do with like, because then they're like, who the fuck is my fair lady? So mm-hmm. there were several people, including the Virgin Mary, the Virgin Mary, and then Matilda of Scotland, Eleanor of Province. And there was like a member of the Lee family who apparently was quite beautiful that people were like, that they attributed to, but also that they may have committed human sacrifices for. Mm. Who knows? But if you remember a gem that happened in 2006, Fergie came out with a song called London Bridges. <laughs> and the song goes, my London, London Bridge, one of, you know the song. Ugh. So I was like, what the fuck does that mean? I don't get it. So I urban dictionaried it for y'all. Basically, the song, it goes, how come every time you come around my London bridge want to go down, which really means (laughs) how come every time I see you, I want to get off. Oh, so excitable, I I guess. (laughs) Well, because the London bridge burned down. So you're on fire. So it basically is saying that your loins are on fire or that somebody makes you hot. Or if you're burning, maybe you need to go to the doctor. Right. That's a different topic. But it's like... (laughs) Burning like fever, I know. like love fever. <laughs> I'm you just being I'm an saying? asshole. <laughs> right? But I was like, oh, I have to tell Tara this because it's funny because I'm like, oh, Fergie, see what you did there. You Jesus. turned it dirty. Of course, of course. Okay. I'm going to hand it over to Tara for her next <laughs> one. 
Okay, so my next one is Rockabye Baby. Everyone knows the actual modern version, but I never heard of the like original version. Apparently, it was like Hushabye Baby. You guys know it. If you don't, I don't know where the fuck rock you're at, but you know, here we go. <laughs> okay, so this one is said to be about the son of King James II of England and Mary of Modena. Sure, someone's gonna yell at me, I'm sure. And it's said that it's widely believed that the the boy is not their son. That essentially. <gasps> I guess they went baby snatching because it said people believe it's a child who was smuggled into the birthing chamber and passed off as their own. So they baby snatched. I mean, do they really baby snatch or do they just go, hey, give me your baby? And the person was like, well, you are the king. Right. One or the other. And basically, this was to ensure a Roman Catholic heir to the throne. And then the wind in the song is said to refer to James's family members coming in to overthrow the child. And the cradle is a reference to the royal house. And when the original was first printed, it had a footnote that read, quote, This may serve as a warning to the proud and ambitious who climb so high that they generally fall at last. End quote. Yes. So you can see why people think this is a threat. Hello. Pretty, pretty, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty fucking obvious. And then others say this is just kind of like them mocking them. But I'm like, oh, no, that's a threat, bro. (laughs) Get over it. And then it also says in terms of the wind, it could also mean, you know, like the wind that knocks the, the cradle down, which is still like the royal house, is said to be the Protestant wind blowing from the Netherlands because this is where his James's son-in-law, William of Orange, and Protestant daughter Mary eventually captured the crown during the Glorious Revolution. Oh, snap. So that's that. Yeah. It's about snatching babies and more kingdom stuff. Snatching babies. (laughs) I like that. Politically, this is different. I guess if you snatched a baby, because you know how like royals were like super inbred, like that would be a way to like kind of water down the the inbreeding. But sadly, I don't think it had anything to do with that. I think it was that they wanted to make sure they had a son type thing. Oh, I wonder if like she had a girl and then like they were like, yeah, I'm assuming Mary's older than that other baby. So. We're just going to go with that. Even if we're wrong, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Man, who cares? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? As you guys know, Jessica and I are huge on mental health. Personally, I deal with anxiety and depression, and I've always thought that therapy was a great tool to have self-healing and things like that. And I mean, I feel everybody can benefit from therapy because it's just about that self-improvement. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. And like we mentioned before, the convenience of being able to fit that in your day, whether you Mm -hmm. are working from home or working in the office, because you can just schedule your appointment around your schedule and take your phone call or your video call either in your office, your house, your car, whatever you got to do. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. And that's a big thing because a lot of times when you're in therapy, if something just isn't clicking, it might be really intimidating to try to switch therapists because, you know, you're going to their office. But having BetterHelp just be like, oh, no, we're going to help you find the right fit for you because they truly want to help. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash SpookedGirls. That's BetterHelp. And join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Okay, so my next one is Ring Around the Rosie. And... I mean, everyone knows this song, but there is a ver- there is a British version and a English version. So the English version goes: a ring, a ring of roses, a pocket full of posies, a tissue. A t- I think it's a tissue, a tissue. We all fall down. A ring around a rosy pocket full of posies, ashes, ashes. We all fall down. In the American version of that, you can change ashes, ashes to red bird bluebird or green grass yellow grass what is this dr seuss <laughs> i was like i know when i wrote that i was like jesus christ i get tongue-tied saying normal words like stop it oh. and then then we came to the ring around the rosy like later on and most people believe the origins of this came from the great plague that hit England. So they think this happened in like the 166, like 1665, the Black Death in England, because you would get like a rosy rash on your face. Mm. And then you would, you know, they would keep like posies and herbs in their pocket to like for protection because, you know, we all witches back in the day and whatnot. And that you would sneeze and then the final symptom. And I was like, this is, I literally took this. It's like literally the final symptom. No, no, this is just the final. There's no final symptom because it's just, we all fall down. You just, fall down die however snoops you know that website snoops that like checks everything snoops Snoops. why do i want to call it snoop i think snoops is more appropriate (laughs) yeah they snooping around yeah so anyway snoops labeled this as false that it has to do with someone else or something else and that it basically was a religious ban on dancing among Protestants in the 19th century and in Britain and in North America as well. So that would be the dancing and that if you got in trouble, you'd be like in lots of trouble. So that's kind of that. I want to give it credit to the Black Plague because it makes way more sense. And like the other thought is that the ring around the rosy is ring around a rosary. Mm. Like you would be doing the rosary praying that you wouldn't die of whatever the whatever the, the Black Plague. I don't know if that's the bubonic plague or what, but like. I know a lot of people are very like polarized with the origin story mm-hmm. of that. People argue about it on the internet all the time. So don't come at us. <laughs> You can think no, what you I'm want. Just, I'm, <laughs> I'm relaying. I just, I want to choose yeah, to believe that it's yes. the Black Plague. If it's not really, I'm still going to pretend it's the Black Plague. So Yes, that's what we go with. Okay. <laughs> this is why we need to invent time travel, because we need to go back and ask people, like, what the fuck did you mean when you wrote this shit? <laughs> and then it's like nothing, really. It's like, I don't know. They're like, I was born. Uh, I saw some roses and some pansies and some kids playing in a circle, and I wrote a poem. <laughs> yeah, right. And you're like, well, fuck, you've literally destroyed the internet hundreds of years later. So my last one is Georgie Porgy. So this one goes, the original is Georgie Porgy Pudding Pie kissed all the girls and made them cry. When the girls came out to play, Georgie Porgy ran away. It's said, though, later in the fifth edition, there was like, it was changed kind of. There was like a variant on it. And it said, Rowley Powley Pumpkin Pie kissed the girls, made them cry. When the girls begin to cry, Rowley Pally runs away. Okay. I don't like Rally Pally. I never heard that one, but I was like, all right, that's... Kiss me creepy vibes. Like, I don't like that. 
Okay. <laughs> so, Georgie in question. Many people think it is referring to George IV of England. He was known for being a large man. It was said that by 1797, he weighed 245 pounds, and by 1824, he had corsets, and they were being made for a waist of 50 inches. The f- fuck circumference. Yeah. And apparently, he also had a reputation of cheating on his wife, fathering illegitimate children. I mean, not excusing him because it's disgusting, but like that's happened a lot, right? Also, but apparently he had like a second unofficial official wife. Like, so I was like, what the fuck? So his (laughs) actual, (laughs) he has sister wives. So his actual wife is or was Carolyn of Brunswick. And apparently he hated her so much, he banned her from his coronation. Like, then why the fuck you marry her? Like, what the fuck, dude? Arrange marriages. Yeah. They didn't have a choice. Yeah, this is true. And then his, you know, s- s- the sister wife, her name was Maria Ann Fitzherbert. She was Catholic and a commoner. So it was said that their marriage was not formally recognized and remained a secret. And, you know, the little fact that he was already married. So there's that. It's fine. Just that little one <laughs> where it's polygamy at this point. Right. And the whole kiss the girls and made them cry was because he made them miserable, made everybody miserable, all the women he fucked with, basically. I mean, even though he was a large man, he was the most powerful person in their land. So it's like, right? you know, you want in favor with that guy. And if he's like, hey, treat you well if you... Yeah. Okay, sir. No, thank you, sir. And then the part where it's like when the boys came out to play, Georgie Porgy ran away because there's that Mm -hmm. in there, too. Apparently, this George, he was known to love watching prize fighting, which is just bare knuckle boxing, apparently, which was illegal at this time. Oh. And yeah. He's a fucking king. He can be like no longer illegal. And apparently, yeah, he just liked to watch them. And then there was like a time where he supposedly watched one of these fights and one of the man or one of the men died and he ran away because he also had a reputation of being like a coward, basically. (laughs) I like this poem was just like, here's all the shit on King George. You need to know. Just sing this song. You'll be fine. Right. Now, there is another George this possibly could be about. His name is George Villiers. He lived from... 1592 to 1628 and he was said to be the son of a insignificant nobleman i'm like oh okay but he became like bffs with king james the first so kind of ties back to my other one but there was rumors that king james and this george were more than friends oh Mm mm-hmm That's fine. Which people said, yeah, but people said this was like why within two years he made, he became an earl and then became a marquis, 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 marquis. And then five years after that, he became the first Duke of Buckingham. Oh, yeah. No, he. um... He gave favors to get his status, basically, is what they're saying. I was going to turn the word Buckingham into something. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking ham. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, that's how that happened. Oh, God. And it says that the nursery rhyme is to poke at both of them about their relationship and all of that. And then apparently there's a quote from King James saying, you may be sure that I love the Duke of Buckingham more than I love anyone else. And I do not wish to have that thought to be a defect. So, I mean, like, it sounds like he was like, if he, there was something going on, he was just like, yeah, what of it? Fuck you going to do? You like, you fucking jealous? Right. You fucking jealous? You don't get to be the Earl or what was it? The Duke of Buckingham? Right. So, yeah, and then apparently this 
both of them, you know, since they apparently they were both bi is what some of the articles I was reading was saying. So they, you know, obviously mm. had relations with women and stuff, too. And they cheated on their wives, of course, you know, all of that. And it was said that this caused resentment all around, which, hello, not surprised. This is very like Frankie and what is that show? God, I'm not. It's on Netflix. Frankie it's and like got... Grace or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. I've never yeah. watched it. It's very the same story. Oh, wow. That's interesting. <laughs> These two best friends are in love with each other for years. And then when they get old and retire, they like leave their wives for each other. Oh, that's funny. But like a pretty much a bunch of people hated George. But because of his relationship with the king, he essentially was like had immunity. No, like no one could fuck with him. Makes sense. Yes. And then it also kind of talks about how he would force his affections, a.k.a. assault. <gasps> oh. Quote, unwilling ladies of privileged position so he would go raping people too so he was not a good person king james you could do so much better right and then the whole like when the boys come out to play george Porter ran away was him being able to avoid the confrontation or consequences of his actions that makes sense yes so yeah that's georgie porgy well that's the georgie porgy like i was all up until like supporting him up until up until we found out he was trash (laughs) right like it's like you had our support and then you do something horrible right Ugh, gross okay so our last nursery rhyme for today is going to be old mother hubbard which i think is an interesting one i didn't like this one as a kid because i didn't like the illustration that was in my nursery book because i Mm -hmm. thought it's really sad the rhyme goes old mother hubbard went to the cupboard to give her poor dog a bone when she came there the cupboard was bare and so the poor dog had none She went to the baker to buy him some bread, and when she came back, the dog was dead. She went to the undertakers to buy him a coffin, but when she came back, the dog was laughing. I think they should have just not had the G on the end, like, laughing. Mm -hmm. That would rhyme with coffin. So that is, that's creepy sounding, like, died, come back to life. It was written in 1805. There's another kind of, like, verses they get added or switched out which is that she went to the butchers to buy him some meat and when she came back she lay dead at her feet and then she went to the undertakers for a coffin and shroud and when she came back puss sat up and meowed so apparently that one's about a cat Mm. so oh yeah because it's about the old dame trot and her wonder cat so depending on who what where you grew up it depended on that but most people attribute that old mother hubbard was not a woman herself like at all there was no woman mother hubbard and that the poem was actually about cardinal thomas wolsey and he was the guy who when king henry the eighth which i think is really funny that a lot of these are about the same family like same mm-hmm. little family like henry the eighth yeah. mary that kind of shit mm-hmm So when Henry VIII was married to his first wife, Catherine, he wanted to leave her so he could marry Anne Boleyn. And depending on which historical way you look at it, she either seduced him and was like, I will not marry you or not be your mistress. I will only be your wife. Um, Which, by the way, fucking good for her. Like, get that. I mean, didn't end well for her by any stretch of the Mm -hmm. imagination. Mm -hmm. But Cardinal Thomas Woolsey was like, I refuse to grant you an annulment because, like, you were married to Catherine for a long ass time. You have a kid. It's against the Catholic Church. And this is kind of like when he was like, fuck the Catholic Church. You know, that shit. And so Cardinal Woolsey at the time was the most important statesperson, statesman or churchman in the Tudor history during the 16th century. Woolsey provided, he was like, they're kind of like their personal priest. I don't know how else to say that. I'm not Catholic, Mm -hmm. so I don't really know. 
So when the king actually had to divorce Catherine of Aragon, which at the time, like now looking back, like we have this whole thing with Anne Boleyn, like how like technically they say that in real life that the story that's been cooked up that she had an like she slept with her brother to have an heir is all like a made up story that like, why couldn't he have just framed Catherine <laughs> on that right. route? Not that mm-hmm. I'm saying he should have beheaded a woman because that's not right. But I'm just saying, like, he went through all this, like, trouble. Mm-hmm. Right. And that because of this, King Henry was considered a dog because he wanted to have a new wife. And that the bone was considered the divorce and that the Catholic Church was, like, not okay with it. And basically what ends up happening is this ended up, like, destroying Cardinal Wolsey's, like, whole reputation in life. And he basically, like, fell from grace because Mm -hmm. of that. Also, it says that the little boy Blue is also written about him. He is, like, if you Google him, there's a lot of nursery rhymes. People were not nice to him either. Mm. I just think these were diss tracks before there was such thing as diss tracks. So they were, like... Honestly. Yeah. Honestly. I'm here for it. (laughs) Right? So we hope you enjoyed these nursery rhymes and our, not our take, but other, the alternatives to what they just say. Kind Mm -hmm. of their origin stories or where they may have come from. And we will be back next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.